So, back on my bullshit for another episode. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. I go by the name of Domino, and as usual, I am hungry as shit. Um, hopefully, this water I got will hold me down. Probably will not. But, as soon as I am done interviewing this uh, successful and beautiful woman, I'm going to Shake Shack and going to fuck home. So, today on the podcast, we have the CEO of... Ambitions Mind Entertainment Group. Is that an entertainment group I can call it? Sure. Sure. All right. <laughs> she is the manager for Kid Fury and basically the read as a whole. I want to say that. Uh, do you manage the friend zone as well? or? Um, I do their, t- I produce their touring. So you're just the homies basically? No. Yeah. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I don't manage mm-hmm. them but in, mm-hmm. in the official capacity, but mm. we do a lot of business together. Okay. But they are the homies too. All right. So in the building right now, we have Alex Rago. Yes. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Then we have Chanel in the corner. She just Shout on the phone. Shout out to my chilling. girl, Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel is like a very intricate part of Ambitious Minds as well. We work mm. together. So. Okay, good. Yes. She All deserves right. a shout out. Glad, <laughs> glad y'all are here. Thank so, you uh, no problem. So, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, we are there. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com for any of your comments, questions, or concerns. If you want your question answered in the what segment, you can reach me there. That's Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. So now, with all these people that you manage, you know, Kid Fury, The Reed, Friend Zone, you have all these different hats that you wear. So what's mm-hmm. a regular day for Alex? Like, when you wake up, what's the <laughs> first go-to? I usually call Chanel. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I wake up in the morning on a regular day. I go probably to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to my office uh, for most of the day. And work on probably a very long to-do list of that could consist of many things. Um, and, you know, half of the other half of the day is probably spent within meetings mm-hmm. um, into the evening. And that would be a typical day for me. Now, did it take you a while to get used to, I guess, putting other people's needs before your own at first? Um, that's a good question. I It did not take a long time. I think... Um, I've never really looked at it like that. I think I, my needs have never been neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at the needs of whoever, they, you know, whoever's needs I'm attending to feel like a priority, just like my own would. Mm-hmm. So I never really looked at it like I'm coming second. I always take care of me. Okay. Now, how, how key is patience when being a manager? Oh, I mean, man. as you have so many people to manage. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's even more like... It's 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 not even just managing clients as a business owner. It's it's managing a business, managing mm. people that work with me, work for me, managing money, managing 
you know, a tour, managing the people that I have to work with on the tour, managing the clients, managing all the components that come with all these things. So patience is definitely something I learned when I was a little younger, um, mm. just in life, you know, I wasn't always the most patient person. I'm still not, okay. but I've come so far. So, um, patience is, is a virtue. Patience sure. is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it hard to maintain like a romantic relationship while you're doing this as well? Um, does Alex have someone? <laughs> you not want to discuss? I have someone special in my life. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> Fuck, I wish we had a video. <laughs> no, I do have someone special in my life. Okay. Um, it doesn't get in the way, really, to be honest, because I think um, from a young age, I, I've been working in this industry a long time. I've been, I started, podcasting is not where my career started. Mm -hmm. And I started. We'll get into that, but yeah, go ahead. But, you know, I've <laughs> yeah. always, I've always had, I've always pretty much been in a relationship. There might have been a block of time, maybe three or four years where I was mm. single, but I just got the holes. Right. <laughs> cool. No, I'm with no. it. <laughs> but um, there probably was a block of time that I was single. But for the most part, I've always had a relationship, so I've always known how to balance it. Um, it can sometimes be a struggle to like balance it, but not really. Okay. I can I can maintain both. <laughs> All right. So with uh, the read being two people, friend zone, three people, that's a lot of different personalities to kind of, I guess adjust to it like a whim i want to say yeah. um how important is it to have a, a a friendship with your client and not just have it be a business relationship for it to flourish and i guess continue i don't think it's that important i think the really? respect no i don't okay. and i think it i think having respect is important you right. know i think having uh you know common goals are important mm. i think maintaining a good uh, working relationship is important, but a friendship is not. You know, mm. um, I don't. In, I don't actually encourage it. I tell people who come to me for you advice not. all the time okay. to not really try to make one. If some if something happens genuinely, I mean, you can't, you know, avoid it. But that's never a goal. Okay. All right. Now, how, how did you get into the business of being a manager? Because if I'm not mistaken, I, I might have heard on, on one of the episodes where it's like mm -hmm. you you had a regular nine to five, you quit. And no, you, no, this is all wrong. Got you. All right. So tell me how you became a manager. I actually never had a nine to five. Thank never God. Had a nine to five. No, okay. I'm very blessed. Let me. Pass that water. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um started working in the music industry when I was about 19 years old. I mm. um got an internship at the time at Sirius, which was just Sirius Satellite Radio then. Mm. Now it's Sirius XM. And I was there for about maybe a couple months, four to five months or something. And um, I met the G-Unit radio at the time. It was, it was a show on Shade 45. Mm. And when I um, was there, I, I created a really good relationship with Who Kid and all the guys that worked up at G-Unit radio. Mm. Long story short, my internship ended. A guy named PR, who is like a, still a part, such a big part of my life now, um, he had told me his assistant had quit and was like, hey, you want to come in for an interview? And I was like, sure. You know, I'm like 19 and I was going to school, but like not really. Mm. So I went for an interview and he hired me on the spot. So and then from there, 
it was just kind of a snowball of like I went from G Unit Records, I was there for a while, then I went to Koch Records, I was there for a few years. Mm. I went to Columbia Records, I was there for about three or four years, and then I started Ambitious Minds while I was there and you know, I took a leap of faith and here I am. <laughs> now, would you work for someone again if the opportunity was that big? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean if it was like an opportunity worth working yeah, for. Yeah, worth yeah working absolutely. Somebody. I'm not like, you know, afraid to work for someone, but I'm pretty sure if it would it would still be something within I would still have somewhat of a I would be able to call off a shot or two mm. maybe not all of them right <laughs> but like some of them <laughs> so i would for sure i definitely am a student still of the game in so many ways so i'm always uh i definitely like feel like even yesterday i was thinking to myself you know there's definitely a lot that i have to learn and you know as i grow into different endeavors within my own business so if there's a place for me to go learn i'd love to learn more okay for sure now, you never having a nine-to-five, that yeah. kind of fucks me up a little bit. <laughs> now, where'd you get this hustler mentality from? Is it just trying to survive, or, like, who who put that into you? Definitely my father, Your for pops. sure. All yeah, right. he's no longer with us, but he definitely was, is my biggest inspiration. My mo You know, he gave me so much, so many examples, he, like, like, so many things I saw from a young age. My dad was also entrepreneur, mm. self-made man. So it, it was something I saw from a young age. So it kind of, mm. I never really like, not that I ever thought I wouldn't have a job because I had a lot of jobs, but they just weren't like regular. Regular jobs, yeah. yeah. Now, what advice did he give you when it came to to um, venturing out on your own, I want to say? You know, right before he, like, in the year before he passed, he was always, like, he was telling me, like, sign an artist, sign an artist, sign an artist. And, mm. I, was, and I was wanting to. It wasn't like I was avoiding it. I just, you know, was still young. I was only about 25 when he got sick, and I was 20, I was 25 when he passed. So I was still pretty young. So he, it was just a matter of uh, him feeling like ownership was the most important thing about the industry that I'm in. Mm. So maybe um, my dad, probably about two or three months before he passed, I met the first artist that I ended up signing to Ambitious Minds, which was Naima Supreme. Mm -hmm. And a, about a couple months after that is when I met Kid Fury. Okay. Now you met them through some mutual friends, right? Uh, yes, both of them. Not the same mutual friends. You're not the same mutual both friends. Both of them but, came you know. from mutual friends, yes. Now, who'd you meet first? You, you met Naima I first? met Naima first. I met her through a friend of mine named Shatik, okay. who is like a super talented director, producer, super well-known producer. Um, and he introduced me to her, and I met her. And at the time, she was like running around with Slow Bucks and who, mm. you know, are my peoples too. And um, they were just kind of getting their thing going. So it just worked out that... You know, I kind of we kind of met at the right time. So and then I met Kid Fury through a, a homegirl of mine named Bridget, who's also from Miami because that's where he's from. Mm. And we met like she she had put me on to him probably like a year before I actually reached out to him. She had sent me like a video of his from YouTube. I'm not sure if you ever checked out his early YouTube videos. but Yeah, I used to watch this shit all the time. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> so she sent me one and I was like oh my god he's so funny I was like I gotta reach out to him and I never did for like a year I had his she got me his number and I had his number in my phone for like a year and 
I was still working at Columbia Records at the time, and I remember I was um we had a I was working with J Cole, and mm. we had a show at the Best Buy Theater. I'm not even sure if it's called that anymore. Is it the PlayStation Theater now? I, I think know. it might be PlayStation. Well, it's PlayStation, right? Yeah. Okay, so the now PlayStation Theater. It was like his release show. Um, his first album had just came out, and mm. so. I was like, I, at the time, Fury was like this huge J. Cole fan. So I was like, oh, I'm going to bring him up, you know, bring him to meet Cole. And he'll be able to, you know, like, it'll be a good way for me to kick off my introduction. Right. Him, you know, like, kind of like, you know, butter him up. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's how you reel him in. Show him some shit. And like, I can do this for you, my nigga. Right. Like, fuck with me. So, exactly. So I flew, I texted him out the blue, like, hey. I know this is going to seem random. Mm. I was like, but I'd love to fly you to New York. I really wanted him actually at the time to meet Naima because at the time he was such a uh, a champion of female rap. And it was like when Azalea Banks and Iggy Azalea were really pop, like getting their kind of, mm. they were kind of getting their steam. Like, And so he was like, wow, this couldn't have come at a more, like a better time. Like I've been having the worst week. And mm. I'm like, well, well, so, here's, here's some shitting on the plane. Right. <laughs> like the next day he came in, um, we met and, you know, um, he was so I had, you know, like, I guess I had expectations of what he would be like based on what mm, I see. Based on, on the TV. videos. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so obviously not like not that, that yeah. which people <laughs> probably know by now. Yeah. Yeah. He was so quiet. So to himself, so gentle. Mm. And I was like okay with that of course but i just it was just you know it, put, it was like, kind of off-putting yeah. like you know i thought you was gonna be like bubbly and out there but you just kind of eh, to yourself and exactly it, introverted exactly so i was like all right come meet cole so we went backstage we met he I introduced him to cole and mm. he was so shy <laughs> it, was, it was so funny <laughs> And um, yeah, from there, I mean, our relationship kicked off. So that was kind of that's how I met both of them. Now you use J Cole to get Kid Fury. How do you <laughs> reel in Naima? Now are these your first really... two clients? First of all, I'm sorry. Um, are these your first two clients like ever? I would say in a, an official capacity, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, like when I'm like younger, I was like thinking I was managing, but little little local niggas, but yeah, <laughs> those don't count. <laughs> right. So how do you reel in Naima? Just, just off of like, hey, my friend, this is my other friend, Naima. And then, you know, like I said, she was running around with Slow Bucks and she, you know, talked to Shatik. Shatik had known me for years. Mm. Um, if anyone knows Shatik, uh, he is, you know, he's been around. He was producing DMX, G Unit, Rough Riders. He's been around for a long time. So, you know, but he, he has credentials. So when he was telling her about me, you know, she, he, he knows me for years, like, you know, being in the industry. And Slow Bucks, you know, I know them from my G-Unit days. So it's mm. like we all just had relationships that come from a business background. So, um, you know, I just had some a little bit of cosign. Okay. Yeah. Now, where are you from? I grew up in Jersey. Grew up in Jersey. Yeah. What part of Jersey? Uh, Bergen County. Bergen like County. Like right over the GW Bridge. Okay. Yeah. All right. And yeah. I, like, feel like Queens is home, too, because I've been in Queens my whole adult life. Your whole adult so Jersey life. and Queens. So now, how was it growing up in Bergen? <laughs> it was cool. I mean, being so close to the city was great. You know, like living, having like a suburb style life was cool. And mm. just to, but also having like the city within an arm's reach was, was really cool. So mm. it was, um, it was, a. I had a, I had a good life. Like I, I didn't like, I had a really great, 
I mean, I didn't have a. The I mean, you have a fucking life. nine to five. So, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess you had a good life. No, it's not like that. Like, I didn't have a silver spoon, you mm. know. But I just had a very like, you know, my family is a hugely important part of my life. And, right. Um, they supported me, still support me so much, they, you know, and that support came from a young age that breeded a lot of confidence to be able to have such a hustler's ambition, mm. you know. Um, like I said, my dad was is was like the biggest champion of everything that I you know ever wanted to do in my life and it allowed me to you know come out in this world and you know really have a like a lot of um fearlessness you know in a sense so mm. you know coming from where I come from it I appreciate where I come from of course um but it definitely was my family that got me like where I'm at Right sure. now, is is your dad the one that got you into sports? Um, yeah, probably. I just was like real, like I'm very tall. Did you see? Yes, I'm, I'm six foot two. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, I was always athletic naturally from a young age. Mm. Played sports my whole life, basketball particularly. Mm. Played for the Cougars. Yes, you did a lot of research. I have to. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, Cresco Cougars. Mm-hmm. Um, I played AAU also. Traveled a lot with basketball. Um, um, basketball was definitely a thing until I blew my knee. I blew my, it tore my ACL. It's always a story. Yes. It's either ankle or fucking knee every well, time. My ankle too, but my, <laughs> no, but my ACL took me out. Right. That was, I actually did that in the city i was it was right after um high school and i had like played in i was playing in a summer league at um chelsea piers at um basket basketball city mm. and it was like a game i didn't even need to play in like i had finished my real <laughs> yeah, game always how i go it was, i finished the real game and then they were like doing a pickup game and um mm. uh, yeah i blew my knee mm-hmm. it was it was one of the most traumatic experiences ever. <laughs> now, did you have dreams of going farther with basketball? Nah, no, 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 no. It was nah. just like I could have went to college for basketball because you know I had played, like I said, AAU, and mm. I I started you know varsity from a freshman year in high school, and um, the league that um, I was in in high school was a really good league. So mm. I had letters coming to my house from ninth grade, but right. I I always what I'm doing now is always what I wanted to do. I always. I was more music leaning, you know, mm. and but I've always entertainment aspirations were always it for me. What kind of music are you into? Um, I like a lot of music, but primarily hip hop and R and B for sure. So, what was your first taste of hip hop? Like, what's the first like album you owned? The first, I okay, the first album I remember getting was Michael Jackson, Bad. Mm. Okay. But the first album I remember going to get was salt and pepper very necessary mm. that's the one i remember i, I might have had other ones i had i have an older sister and she used to be on mtv used to have a show in the 90s called the grind mm-hmm. and it was I like i vaguely remember that it was like a like a soul train-ish show definitely don't remember it was that like a mind. dance show but it wasn't soul train yeah 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 it was like a hip-hop <laughs> dance show yeah and it was called the grind my sister she's a little older than me and um she used to be on the show and so we're like 11 years apart. So figure if I'm five, she's 16. So yeah. I think she was on the show from like 16 years old. And mm. so I remember like all the hip hop and R&B really from her, mm. you know. Um, and 
all the dance moves because she was a dancer. Mm. So it was like all the when I was a kid, I was you know she was kind of just put me on everything. So, right. Yeah. Now you be, being in the hip hop, did you ever want to rap? No. <laughs> no. Come on, you ain't never. Wrote, I, everybody wrote down a bar. Chanel wrote a bar. <laughs> You I wrote a bar. Wrote, don't get me wrong. I might have wrote a rap, but I mean, I never had aspirations to be a rapper. But when I was you younger, got a rap I would name say, like a buggy or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love him too. Um, but no, I never really had. I never had aspirations to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. I always, I really always liked being behind the scenes. Like the people I loved were like Puffy. I loved at the time Dame Dash. Mm-hmm. You know, like those were the people that I wanted to be like them. I was like, wow, like they had all these companies and all these ventures that they were all success- so successful in and they they don't have to be the artist. Mm. You know what I mean? So, no, never one. <laughs> so you just always had. Although I could an- probably rap. <laughs> <laughs> so you just always had an ambitious mind. Yes. So you so you started that company in 2011? I, I started say. it in 2011. I started a couple other companies before that, but they were just... They were jokes, really. Okay. Now, with that being said, what's your favorite failure? You know, I don't consider, I don't think I have a failure. Because, I mean, it's like, what is, I don't know if that's the right word. Because I know it probably sounds cliche, but everything that I've done, I I don't feel like I've, I've ever failed. Mm. You know, like maybe if you look at some things I went through or... Things that I've done, I I feel like they may not have turned out the way I would have wanted them to, mm. but I've never feel like I've never felt like I failed. Mm. I've always felt always like I've come out on top in yeah, one other, one way or the other. Okay. You know, I really mm. like have that frame of mind, and I feel like that's a large reason of why I feel like I've been able to be successful is because I've never really looked at things in that you know in that way yeah. like. I don't even see the word no. Mm. You know what I mean? So fail is also not part of how I think. Right. You know? So Ambitious Minds 2011 and you were, so you were were managing Kid Fury since what year? It's like, you could probably say like the January 2012, but like we Mm. met in 2011 and that's kind of when we started to like talk about working together. But you have to remember like at this time, it was long before the read, mm-hmm. and he was still doing YouTube videos. He was still living at home in Miami, mm-hmm. so there was not much of a business yet that was already happening. He was doing his blogging and his YouTubing, but that mm-hmm. was it. And Naima, she was everything we were doing. It wasn't really making money, so right. I mean, it was just us trying to make something happen. Don't shit at the wall, see what sticks, type of thing. Well, no, we weren't just guessing, mm-hmm. but it was just more like. We have a plan. We got to start, you know, checking some things off of the, you know, the list kind mm. of thing. It wasn't like, you know, we just were like, oh, let's try it. You're just like, winging it type. Yeah. Nah, we had a yeah, plan. You had a plan, yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> how do you meet the infamous Tax Stone? Oh, man. This is such a funny story. <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> how I met Tax. So, our, our mutual friend, Push, mm. if anyone knows him, he used to rap name was push montana then he changed his rap name to rob white but um he had a video shoot in brooklyn tax had just came home from jail Mm. i want to say this was 2010 had to be probably about 2010 or 2009 or 2010 i'm not sure one of those years and um i was at the video shoot and 
it was a very cold day in Brooklyn and Tax was there and he had on this really like bright leather jacket. It may have been red, mm. I think. And um I mean he had blood in him or something. Or he was I don't know. Something. So then <laughs> <laughs> um he I'm was wishing no faces. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. But he was like there was a girl that was like the leading lady in the video mm. and it was extremely cold that day. And she would had to her in her scene, she had to walk across the street with like just a t-shirt on or a tank top or something. Mm. And she kept putting a coat on because it was so cold. Right. And all I remember was him like yelling at her about mm. putting, and I was like, mm. who is this man like yelling at her like this? Mm. Like he's yelling so loud. Like, but then I kind of liked it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And the girl, she kept like coming over to hug him after he yelled at her. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I do like this. This is this guy is really <laughs> interesting. And so um, we met that day, but we didn't really like become friends that day. But we, like, we met and then I started following him on Twitter and I started looking through some of his tweets. And I'm like, this guy oh, is, is crazy. Fucking nuts. Yes. And so from there, we started like just probably like talking on the phone like as friends and mm. then we still you know at that all his a lot of his friends from brooklyn i've been friends with for years at this point mm. um but like i said he just had came home from doing a stretch in jail and um so we just became friends we started going out and then we built a really really incredible friendship and mm. he's definitely one of my best friends now did he try to put you on the artist for you to manage as well or he, he has for sure um not back then, you know, back then it, when I started working with Naima um, and some artists I, I was even working with before, I was more bringing him into the situation because I'm like, this guy is a star. Mm -hmm. Like he's a star on his in his own right. Mm. And he just he just be knowing. Yeah, you right. know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so from from the very first day of basically me, me working with Naima, he was right there. And if you've been following for tax, if you've been following tax for years, you'll if you look through his old Instagram page or if you go go down his Instagram, you'll see mad Naima stuff mm -hmm. because he was such a big champion of her because it was something we were all doing together. Right. And then I would say like 2014 is when Tax really started putting people on. Maybe 2013 he started mm -hmm. really coming heavy with it. Um, I think he was you know just trying to find his niche. He also was until about 2013 was you know dealing with being in and out of jail and stuff. Um. But that's how I met him, and uh, when as far as um, him putting me on an artist, not so many, but a few, and um, more than anything, I wanted him to be the star. Yeah, exactly. not you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's definitely put a, a great amount of people in in great positions for sure. Beyond artists, you mm. know, all types of creative people have stemmed from him. You know, so I've just always seen him as you know the star he is mm. like you know so because yeah, he still is a star <laughs> yeah even even locked up he's still oh my god his, his, his influence is so heavy like it's crazy <laughs> i don't know when the when, when the last time you talked to him a couple days ago and he was good everything was yeah he was in he's good, good i went to see him about two weeks ago okay good yeah i'm gonna go see him week after next okay now, um, the read right now, mm -hmm. the read comes about in what two thousand and thirteen. Yep, March twenty thirteen. Now, podcasting was that something that you initially wanted to get into, or was that kind of no? Just I didn't at even you? know what it was. Okay, 
All right. Okay. So when Kid Fury comes at you and says, "Hey, I'm I want to do a podcast with Crystal," what's your initial thought? Okay. All right. Whatever that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like thinking it's like. I know what it was. Don't mm. get me wrong. Because, you know, I had an Apple computer forever. And so yeah. they used to have the little podcast, you know, drop bar. I never bar. knew what the fuck it was until I clicked it. I was like, what is this? I All I remember it. it being was like mixes. Like, yeah. I remember like like DJs would make mixes, mm. right? And I, I remember him telling me that. And the guy, Chris Morrow, who owns Loudspeakers Network, mm. I actually knew Chris before that even even happened because chris used to work for a company called premiere radio in fact he's still on my phone as chris from premiere radio which (laughs) they used to do all the syndication for like the big tigger show and so Mm. i used to bring artists up to do big tigger at radio city uh has radio city has some uh radio studios above the theater Mm. so i used to go there to do big tigger show i brought j cole up there i brought this, uh, this girl Alexis Jordan up there they used to be signed to Rock Nation a bunch of people so Chris and I were cool so mm-hmm. when he said oh I'm going to see Chris Morrow this guy Chris Morrow I was like oh I know Chris but I had no idea like what this would become where my life our lives would all change from this medium called mm-hmm. podcasting so the success of the read kind of blew you away not not like it did okay. it does it does still <laughs> it does. <Yeah>. yes because <laughs> I, I was at the Miami show in the turn I was like these, these niggas really is. the one in December yeah oh wow yeah I was, yeah I, I saw you I didn't want to bother you was running up and down I didn't want to I didn't want to fuck with you you must have seen Chanel then too no nah <laughs> I saw when I saw you I saw you with Asante oh okay you was going up and down the aisles doing something I didn't want to yeah you know, are you from Miami no I'm from Connecticut I oh, was okay. just down just there just down to there? be down there nice I'm just chilling now um I can't wait to go back shit me too <laughs> it's fucking cold I can't do this shit <laughs> Now, um, so the read is what it is right now. Yes. Now, are we allowed to talk about Naima? Yeah. Okay, now, you do you manage her still? Yeah, like, Naima and I, it's it's a probably a hard thing to explain. I mean, we work together. I mm. don't really manage her day-to-day as much as I used to years ago. Mm. But we have an incredible uh, relationship, an incredible amount of work and things that we've you know done together achieved together Mm. so it's like the history that we share for me especially is it means a lot to me Mm. so for that i'll always you know have a place for her in ambitious minds i told her the other day she was at my office i said she's you know she's what i consider a legacy artist of ambitious minds because she was like one of the the starting point yeah right um but day to day not so much but i support her and and we do some we have some other things that we're doing together behind the scenes that don't necessarily have to do with her as a, a rapper, mm. but she's super talented and she she can do so many things. So, I'm trying to empower her to do even more than what she had been doing. Okay, now in your opinion, what happened to Naima because she was kind of being pushed to be like you know like the next Azalea Banks? She was supposed to be uh-huh. this big star on like the freshman yeah. list and all this stuff, but it never really like clicked. Yeah, it never really popped. Yeah, so that, so like when you asked me about my favorite favorite failure, mm. that kind of first came to mind, mm. you know. But I don't look at it as a failure. Yeah. But a lot of people may, you know, to other people it may. But mm. I personally achieved so many of my own musical aspirations just like working with Naima. Mm. Things that people really wouldn't know, you know, like even working with Timbaland. I mean, the relationship that I even shared with him was. I mean, I never really imagined that, you mm. know, like 
even being in the studio with him and Justin Timberlake, I mean, I grew up like the biggest NSYNC fan ever in life. (laughs) Seriously, like my wall in Bergen County was Mm. completely NSYNC. But, you know, so having like done things like that and, you know, traveling the world, you know, Naima's had shows all over the country and Europe. We've done, we've been on tour multiple times. She was on two seasons of a show on, you know, TV on Sisterhood of Hip Hop. You was on the show a couple of times, right? I was on the show a lot. Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, she had a billboard in Times Square. You know, it was like, these are things that people don't even get to do. Mm. Like, so, you know, we did make some money. So, and it, and uh, to top it off. And so, we, she, you know, why things didn't click, I don't know timing maybe at the time female rap was definitely not embraced in the way it is today a couple years ago it was quiet for everybody Nicki Minaj Mm. was it you know and she don't think that somebody was looking for like an alternative to Nicki because I feel like Nicki had her core but then it was like all right we want to hear somebody rap I feel like the way women are being embraced now it just was not something you saw a couple years ago Mm. when it was still quiet you know like for all that I feel like, yeah, you should want an alternative. I was hoping people did, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think um, timing is such a huge part of anyone's success. And I think, to me, the timing maybe just wasn't there. And, you know, unfortunately, like, it just didn't connect then. But, you know, I like I said, I, I don't take it. I don't feel like I took an L from it. Do you think there's a market for her type of rap? Yeah, clearly. Mm. I mean... I see a lot of girls out here doing it. I mean, yeah, I don't see anyone as big as Nikki and Cardi. Yeah, but that's what I'm... I mean, so I think it's being more like the the idea of it is is being more like accepted. Mm-hmm. I think I do believe that because I see like you know girls like Light Skin Keisha, mm-hmm. girls like Cayenne mm-hmm. who are out here and have million followers and are doing shows and people are coming out and going crazy so yeah i just think that the gatekeepers sometimes who kind of who give you know people like cardi the Mm. the opportunity to push her on a major platform sometimes are just a little late to the party you know like do you do you think it has anything to do with tax going away what do you mean because I feel like, you know, it was a lot of artists at the forefront. Like, I was hearing a lot about Manolo Rose, Wild Tax was out. I was hearing a lot of push about Naeem Supreme, Wild Tax was out. Mm-hmm. Tax goes away. It's still there for like a month, two months, three months, then slowly mm-hmm. you don't really hear as much. Because I, I kept hearing about a Manolo album for like <laughs> months, and then I'm like, what the fuck happened to Manolo? Right. Tax was that big push, but then same thing with Naeem. Yeah. I was like, but then she got pregnant. Then it's like yeah, I don't think Naima <laughs> anything with her career was kind of dependent on tax. Not dependent, but you know it helps. Well, a big voice like tax helps. Yeah, anything. no, it definitely does. I mean, especially I feel like even more now it means something. Um, I think that it probably did not help that the fact that he went away in regards to someone maybe like Manolo or mm. Naima that did get a lot of you know support from him, but you know a cosign from a tastemaker like him can't be your your only yeah you know 
thing going. You right, know what right. I mean? So, no, I, I don't know. I don't really know what happened with Manolo, to be honest. I don't work for well, him. Well, not Manolo. I yeah. mean, more uh, Naima, Naima, yeah. I just think, um, I just think time, you know, we really went hard for about four to five years. Like, I mean hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we was grinding. Like, that word, that grind, like, mm. that was what we were on. Like, some of the stories I have are crazy. Like, Share one. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, I remember we were on this tour called Sneaker Pimps Tour. We didn't really have no money. I definitely didn't have any money like that. Mm. And we had, like, used, ev- like, but somehow we were getting, like, $1,000 for a show on this tour. Okay. But the dates were very spread out. So we had went to do a date in Canada, in Calgary, which is, like, on the west coast of Canada. Mm. And we went to do a date, and it was me and Naima and her hype girl, my homegirl, Michelle. The three of us are in Calgary. We get the money. So now we use the money to get us to Atlanta because mm. that's where the next date is. But the next date's not for, like, another week. Mm. So we have, like, a week in between that we have to make this money. So I got $1,000 between y'all, and you got to survive. Damn. Right. And, like, I don't think at the time I had much more money. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up getting, like, a rental car, because you're in Atlanta, and this is before Uber. Mm-hmm. Like there was no. I mean, Uber. you got the Marta. Marta's kind of. Yeah, I've yeah. I've never used the Marta, but we weren't even staying <laughs> near a Marta. Oh, we were shit. not staying downtown. Got you. <laughs> so we ended up finding like someone who put their their rental their car on Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it was like a hoopty, and so. And they, I remember they were they lived in Jonesboro, which if anyone knows is like kind of like it's near Collie Park. Like okay, it's yeah, near, near College Park. It's making sense. It's clicking. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's clicking. <laughs> <laughs> so we like go get this car, and then we just start riding around. Um, I guess I'll be honest, I'm not even sure what area of Atlanta that was we were staying in, but it was in the outskirts. It was not in the city, and we got like a room that mm. we all shared, and you know, found it on maybe like hot wire or something, <laughs> Shit. you know, like, you know, cause like the one you don't choose. Yeah. Yeah. Cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so and two star. we, st- so, but like when I tell you it was, did not matter. Like mm. we had a plan. We went to Walmart, all got food that we could make for the week mm. in this room. Mad ramen. Deli meat, all that, <laughs> just sandwiches and ramen and all that. <laughs> so then we, um, but while we were there, this is like the silver lining to the story, you know. We, um, my my godmother, um, who's also in the entertainment industry, she had introduced me to this kid, and his name was Jr. He was a young A and R. She was like, "Yo, I met this guy. You should reach out to him when you get to Atlanta." So I was like, "All right, cool. When we get there, I'm gonna hit him up." Mm-hmm. I hit up Jr. He's like, "Oh yeah, come by the studio. You know, um, the studio. I think it was called Music Box or." think it was called music box he's like yeah i want to meet night i want to meet her come mm. by young kid probably same age as me yeah same age as me i say young like at the time we were young i guess mm. but so anyway we come in we're sitting in this studio it's a gorgeous studio it's like amazing and it ends up being akon studio oh shit and he's like working for convict at the time mm. and in the studio with us were these two other artists both really kind of unknown at the time, maybe known in Atlanta, but way before he had a hit record. Mm. But it was K-Camp and Sayuri the Kid. Mm. And 
they took Naima. We played a couple records from her. They loved her. Mm. They're like, let's work all week. So we're like, oh, okay, bet. Mm. And he's like, we're going to go play basketball at Akon's house. You want to come? And we're like, okay. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we go to Akon's house. He Did you like, see the gas station thing that was there? Yes, he has a. I was yeah. literally about to say that. that. Yeah, he has I a gas station on, in his house. I saw that <laughs> shit on Cribs. I thought Akon was the richest nigga Yo, I've ever seen. I'm <laughs> telling you, this was crazy. We are in like this uh, estate. We're at they have full, sorry, full size mm. basketball courts, pool houses, pool. Mm. It was just like amazing. I remember I was getting bit up. Cause it was like you know we're in the country yeah, yeah, in the yeah. woods and I'm like okay this is crazy <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> now you see I'm from Jersey I'm from Jersey <laughs> I'm fake I'm fake like playing basketball because I'm like I, I can't get hurt I, like, <laughs> I can't, can't get hurt again can't do this again <laughs> not again and then Akon wasn't there we just were at his house and mm. mind you we pull up in our hoopty you know and you know the end of the week comes we had a show with the same tour we were on the sneaker pimps mm. and um. We ended up um, actually after the show, our friend, my friend Jr. invited us back to the studio, and we actually met Akon, and we actually played him a bunch of records. And Akon was like, "Well, whenever you want to come back to Atlanta and come work, I like you. You're dope." To mm. Naima, you know. So he was like, "Just talk to Jr. Come back," and we were like, "Oh my god, this is it!" And like literally, like what we like, we went to Atlanta. Like I said, we didn't really have nothing, but mm. we. I had determination. Right. Like, I was like, I'm not leaving Atlanta without a plug to something. And we ended up, you know, creating an amazing relationship with K Camp, Sari the Kid, JR. JR now is like the head of A&R at um, Think It's a Game, which, you know, has YFN mm. Lucci and a bunch of big Atlanta artists. And, um, you know, they launched K Camp, obviously, a bunch of hit records and signed to Interscope. And, you know, so we were in good company for sure. So, that was like, and then we ended up going back to Atlanta about a month later and had a little better of a setup working out of the Acon studio and everything. But it was, you know, just things like that. Like, it was just, we had like blind faith. It mm. was truly, truly like, I, like I said, ain't no no. I, ain't no no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it easier to pitch music or a podcast to people? You know, podcast people still don't, a lot of people still don't know what it is. Like they'll be like, "What is it?" Yeah, but like even my, especially like my older family members. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. You mean like business pitches? <laughs> yeah, like business pitches. Like, is it easier to sell? Like, hey, I have this, you know, podcast, whatever. Or it's like, because obviously they know music more. It's like, hey, I got this artist, you know, I can yeah let you hear something. But then a podcast is like the thing is with podcasts, like they are. Anything is not easy to sell. Put it like that. Mm. Nothing's an easy Yeah, sell. but a three-minute song and a two-hour podcast is kind of like... Yeah, but, you know, they're not that different. You know what I mean? In, the, in a way, because, yeah, it's a three-minute song, but how many three-minute songs are there and how many two-hour podcasts are there? Like, mm. it's really all about performance, you know, and, and what the package consists of, you know? Like, you can have a really amazing podcast. You can have a really amazing song. Mm. If it doesn't connect, it's not really worth much. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think it's it's you know performance of what your product is is ultimately really the most important thing. Mm. Okay. Now, what's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew back then when you started? Oh man, business wise. Business what? Well, it could be personal business, whatever. Um, 
business-wise, maybe to take my time a little more. Mm. Maybe we talked about patience earlier. Yes. I think take my time in certain things. I'm always like, you know, I want it now. I want mm. it now. And I don't necessarily feel like I misstepped with any of that, but I think I, I've made some decisions that I probably could have, you know, just took my time a little more and, and not, you know, had to feel some missteps as much as I felt them. But yeah, like I said, you know, it's all good. Just patience. Now, yeah. is it easier to manage an artist or a podcast in your opinion? Also, same thing. Same. <laughs> <laughs> it could be as, you know, it's, it's a case by case basis, you know, like, regardless um of the client it's you're dealing with a person you know what i mean and it's you know that person comes with their own set of issues or talents Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's i say it just really kind of depends you know it's really like if you if you're an easy person to deal with you're easy if you're not you're not even if you're not it may not be like you know it may not be like your fault. You might struggle with things that you need help with, mm. you know? So it just kind of depends. Okay. Now, Kid Fury's success over the past eight years has kind of just shot the fuck off. <laughs> now, how are you handling that, just watching him from a kid from Miami, and mm-hmm. now you're seeing him now, he's producing a TV show? Yeah, it's like, so crazy, you know? Like, when you're in it, sometimes... An it, HBO TV show. Yes. You say that executive produced by Lena Waite. Shit, it's <laughs> drop them fucking names. Yes. Um it's 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 wild, you know, because I remember when I when I first met Fury, he was like I mentioned earlier he was shy. Mm. But it was shy to a point. I remember I had booked him like a meet and greet. We were on this tour with Naima for Jim, we were on tour with Jim Jones and um we had a show in Petersburg, Virginia, which is in the middle of Virginia. Mm not norfolk it's not richmond mm. it's petersburg right <laughs> it's near richmond though actually mm. so i remember we had a um set up during the day before the show um we had a like a meet and greet like a mixtape signing or something like that we mm. had done it like a little store or something and i had like booked i had said well i'm gonna have you host it you know and he was like all right you know like it was just like okay mm. First, first of all, people a couple of people drove like two hours to come, which at that time he had never really done events yet. So that mm. was really new. That was wild, you know. But literally there was like a DJ. The store was small. It was like maybe four of these rooms, like a very small room. Mm. And he was shaking to get on the mic to just say, hey, what's up, guys? It's Kid Fury. Like, it's right. nice to meet you. He was shaking. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do, do it. Because and I was like. You just have to say, hey, what's up? And then he like said it and then like went in like the back room and like just was by himself. Right. <laughs> and like to see him now, like skipping across stages like the Apollo Theater and all the stages that we've touched across the world really mm. is amazing. But, you know, it's like when you're in it, sometimes you sometimes forget to stop and like smell the flowers, you know, and just realize like, wow, we've come such a long way. Mm. But so, you know, in talking about it now, it, it really comes to the front of my mind. And it's it's amazing. It literally is amazing. Yeah, that shit is crazy to see. Yeah. Now, dealing with Fury and, um, you know, he has like anxiety, depression, stuff like that. Now, mm-hmm. how have you learned to, I guess, handle that and 
kind of, I want to say, um, get him through it. I want to say, cause you're kind of, you, you have to be like a, not only a manager, but like a psychiatrist kind of. Not a psychiatrist. Not, not <laughs> as much, but you know. You, he has, yeah. Yeah. I understand the question. Yeah. Um, I think that when you deal with anyone that struggles with anything that's important to you, you treat it, you know, delicate, so, you know, treat it with love mm. and with understanding, you know, it's, it's not always about you. And I think people sometimes could take the way someone treats them so personally without thinking like maybe this person is going through something and maybe because I manage him and we work on a business level, I think a little more that way, mm. you know, in the sense of his needs but it's like I know a lot of the times if he's struggling with something, I, you know, I got to maybe give him his space or we just talk about it mm-hmm. depending on what it is. And, I, you know, if you approach any situation with just those type of tools, I think you can work it out, mm-hmm. you know. Now, are you taking on new clients or he's like your top priority right now? I am. I actually mm-hmm. recently just signed a co- like a couple new clients. But, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like keep it under wraps till it's like official official but i have like two specific new clients that i'm super excited about and um yeah business is always something i want to my business is something i want to grow but it's like not like people ask me that all the time and it's not really like that easy you Mm. know i have to be i'm only one person i only have so much time in a day and also my brain has to like have a break so it's like i want to make sure that whatever i sign up for is something i really care about something i and passionate about and you know it has to be a good fit with the per- the client and myself mm. you know so now through this whole journey what have you learned personally about yourself like what's been the personal growth with you mm. i mean as simple as it sounds when i put my mind to something i get it done you get it done i mean there's mm-hmm. just i do like <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i've learned i mean i knew i've always known that about myself but I really have, mm, like, you know, just amazed myself with some of the the things that I've been able to accomplish, and I'm grateful. Like, I'm, I've went through, I've been knocked on the humble in life before, and, you know, I've had to rebuild, mm. and I would say, like, coming from some of those experiences of not, you know, of having to, like, really pick yourself up and come out of like dark situations i think that i've like really like shown to myself like when you really put your mind to things when you work hard the luckier you will become luckier you know like the harder Mm. you work the luckier you get i kind of just feel like that has always been my mantra you know Mm. so i feel really blessed and grateful to work with such talented great people and I feel blessed to have talent to be able to know how to work with them, mm. you know. Now, what's been the most humbling experience that you've had? I mean, definitely uh, one, losing my dad. Mm. That's definitely was a humbling experience because right, yeah. life was a different view with mm. it, with him was versus it without him. Unexpected or he, you said it he got sick? It kind of was. Yeah. He did get sick, but it was like he died. He passed away within like three months of mm. getting sick and it was out of nowhere you know um he i had got cancer but he was old school italian guy so like mm. he didn't really go to the doctor yeah so you know if i feel good i am good kind of mentality mm. yeah 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 <laughs> but you know that was not the case so that was probably my most humbling experience mm. yeah 
Let's see. Now, I was watching your 2018 wrap up on like Instagram where it was like, you know, you <laughs> bought like the car of your dreams, you and your oh, mom yeah. going on vacation, you've done all this shit just in 2018. So what's left for Alex to do? Oh like, my what, God, what's, so many things. I, I, so many things, <laughs> but what's, what's, what's one thing that you have to do that's on that bucket list where it's like, this has to get done either before I go or this year or like what? Um, hmm. Y'all talk about everything. What's your name? <laughs> I want to have a baby. You want to have a baby? Yeah, I want to have a baby. Hmm. Yeah. So now, so now, <laughs> so now you want to slow everything down, and so it's like. That's one of my biggest personal goals. Um, mm. Professionally, I want to continue to grow. Um, my company. You know, I don't want it to be solely dependent on myself. Mm. I want to be able to empower other managers to work with me. Mm. That way, like, if I do take some time off to have a baby or if I just take some time off because I want to, mm. I don't have to, like, be, like, you know, so much micromanaging every little thing that comes through the door, you mm. know? So I want to be able to continue to grow my business, and I believe these new clients that I'm working with will give me the opportunity to do that and also delegate more projects to people to be able to build great managers mm. that can hopefully work with me or go on to work on their own, you know? I've had really great interns like throughout my career, you know, I, I, I was an intern myself, like I said. So, mm. and when I was an intern, it was the best experience. I always tell people, if you can intern, please do, because the intern, my internships got me where I'm at. Mm. So I, um, I'm always like just a big advocate of that and an advocate of wanting to pay it forward. Cause a lot of people helped me get in the position of where I'm at and supported me and, T took chances on me so mm. i'd never forget those things they mean a lot to me so. now do you take time to teach others that want to be in your position or is it just like yeah i try to i try to i mean as much as i can mm. for sure i mean i always get stopped or dm'd and emailed or at shows for clients of mine or even just people like you know that work with me you know what i mean mm. like i always try to pass on gems that were passed to me mm -hmm. so sure. what so what advice can you give someone right now that wants to be in your position well besides go find an internship right. <laughs> <laughs> um i would just say like do as much research as you can mm. educate yourself as much as possible um it's so different from when i started you know there was no social media when mm. i started everything was just like through like just what you saw on television or mm. You know, maybe reading, you know, reading in a book at the mm. time, you know, there was a, a, a famous book that said like it was called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business. And it was by Donald Passman. I remember reading that young and being so excited about reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would just say educate yourself as much as possible. You know, your craft, whatever that may be, you want to, you know, know what you're talking about. So when you get into a room, you know, you know what you got to do. But outside of that, you know. It's really just important to try to, like, f start. Just don't wait. Mm. You know, everyone's always waiting for a perfect time. No such thing. Just do something. If you mess up, so what? Mm. You know? Just do what feels right. Now, in the business that you're in, is it more important to know people? Or is it more important to go, go to school and get the schooling and all that stuff? Is it is it, is it more about who you know? Um... I think depending on what you want to do as mm. far as the industry goes, um, I think 
it's a it goes hand in hand. I don't think college. I didn't go to college. I mean, I went to college for a short period of time. Yeah, you kind of went to college. But basically, <laughs> I didn't go to college. Yeah. to be honest. And sometimes you just I'm got like, accepted and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. <Yeah. laughs> Barely, I didn't. School was not. I was there for other reasons, so mm. social and sports and stuff. But um, I would say, like, you know, just. Just like going to school is never a bad thing, if, especially mm. if you don't have a real clear view on what you want to do. But in this industry, you definitely don't need it. You know, if you go get an internship and you have a passion and you hustle and you know how to grind, like you can, you don't need it. Mm. But you got to be prepared to work hard because it's going. Regardless, you won't have to put the work in somewhere. It's going to be, or both places to be honest. But if you go to school, work hard because right. they do have like a lot of you know there there are a lot of positions now that school does help you know like things like social media and marketing i mean these are industries now mm. you know what i mean and it definitely i'm sure could help you know learning how to code and design and things like that or engineer like these are things you should go to school for mm. so i mean i don't have a lot of those like technical skills but i have a set of skills that work for me so i have a set of skills <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes get some tools and know how to use them Right. Okay. So now, where can people reach you if they want to reach you directly for some some advice or maybe nah, an internship I'm not, I'm or something? I'm not reachable. I'm not reachable. Not reachable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm on Instagram, um, Alex Rago, Alex R A G O. Um, on there, I have an email, so you can email me if you have any. You know, I always I do. You know, get emails, and I always I might write back and just give a piece of advice. Um, mm. Outside of that, you know, if you come to see The Read Live, you'll probably catch me there. We have a show here in New York in a couple weeks uh, at Town Hall. Um, I will be there. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. We usually have we usually have pop-up shops sometimes. I'm mm. there. So anything The Read related, you can come see me in person. All right. <laughs> Other than that, you know, just catch me on the gram, having fun with my friends, living my life. Y'all be living a fucking life. <laughs> Yo, Jesus, you can turn some lights on in here. man sexy in here. Yo. <laughs> I know. It was like yeah. very vibe yeah. like with the lights from the yeah. city. I was like... <laughs> It's very inspiring. <laughs> yeah, you and your friends on Instagram be living a fucking life. Like. You know, I really feel like I work hard, but I play mm. hard. I see. You know, we we have fun. Mm. And, like, for me, it's always been about, like, the balance of both. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I also learned a lot. Sexy. Yeah. Yes, I like this. That's <laughs> a really nice light. Yes. Lighting scheme. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always been about having fun and working hard and playing hard. I think my dad definitely displayed that to me in his life. And man, I mean, I wouldn't want to do anything. I wasn't having fun at. Right. All right. Yeah. So Alex, thank you for coming thank on my you show. For having me. It was I appreciate fun you walking down memory lane of my life. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel, thank, thank you, you as well me. for accompanying her. Shout and out to Chanel. Being in the corner chilling. Shout out to all my, people ambitious minds all my, all my loves <laughs> shout out to my boy tax stone all right so uh one thing's for certain we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes i go by the Jesus. name of, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i go by the name of domino that's alex shout out to domino yeah we out of here domino motherfucker what's that